Welcome to the Ask Every Time podcast. Ask Every Time's mission is to reduce sexual assault and abuse through sexual consent education, training, and resources. Without further ado, today's episode. Thank you for joining us tonight, Wednesday. How are you tonight? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate your time and... The way we usually start this off is just by asking what your current living situation is and uh, relationship status. Absolutely. So I currently live with my husband, and we have two children who are two and seven. Um, And next month will be eight years of being in a monogamous relationship. So congratulations. Eight, Eight years is a big accomplishment. Yes. And it sounds like you kind of laugh at that. Were there some difficult times in these eight years? Oh, absolutely. I'm not sure what everybody else's relationship dynamic is like, but I assume that we're all very different. And my husband and I are very similar in personality types. And so that has created some conflict. Um, But we've always kind of faced that conflict in sometimes when we need to be a very serious way, but most of the time we're just very loving, very candid, and we understand that conflict happens, and so we sort of just take those moments in stride. So I laugh a little bit because it's just one of those things for us, those things come up, and we just handle them the best that we know how, so... I am. I would be shocked to meet someone who has zero difficulty in any type of relationship, whether it is sexual or emotional. Yeah, absolutely. We have to. Relationship means conflict in in some capacity or another. Um, and and kind of on that note, in the past eight years, when it comes to your sexual sexual relationship with your husband. How has that been? Have you guys grown in the eight years? I would say so. Um, I'm 25 years old, so if we go back eight years, you know, that's about 18. So I've been with my husband, and I've been a mother pretty much my entire adult life. So we've kind of shared this interesting relationship when it comes to sex in that we're learning at the same time and we're also very comfortable with each other so i almost feel like i'm lucky in that respect that i'm so comfortable with my best friend that these things are not it's not always embarrassing or awkward again we can be very candid in that area as well there have been periods where his drive may be higher than mine um, or mine is higher than his And again, we sort of take those moments in stride and we leave those situations open for conversation about how the other person is feeling or what we can do to keep that part of our relationship alive and exciting. Yeah, and when it comes to having conversations about that, what would a a typical conversation look like, say, if, if his drive was more than yours and it was creating some some conflict, what would, what would that conversation look like? 
probably not as insightful or emotionally connected as it might sound. The situation would normally, you know, he would try to initiate um, some type of activity. And, you know, I stay very busy as a mom and a business owner and homeschool and wife. You know, I have a lot of different roles. And so, and it may just be my personality type as well, that I'm very comfortable just saying, nope, not right now. And sometimes I get a little sigh or, you know, something of that nature. But I've never been in a position where my voice was not heard and respected in this relationship. Um, prior, my previous sexual history was riddled with my voice not being heard and being ignored. So I know what both ends of the spectrum feel like. So it's very wonderful to be in a relationship for eight years where I've heard. Um, and the same goes for him as well. If he, if I would like to initiate something um, and he is not in the mood for it, he'll say, nope, not right now. And it's usually, are you sure? And then I just say, okay, and we carry on about our business. So we really haven't had any conflict in that area where the other is not as understanding as we would hope. I think you two are in a place that a lot of uh, relationships would love to get to. So I think it sounds like you could you could do a whole other interview on on guiding other couples through that part. Um, you mentioned yeah, and you know I think it just has a lot to do with how comfortable you feel with your partner, and I think that's a huge thing to look at is how exactly how comfortable do you feel with your partner because for me that's my biggest indicator that i'm happy and i feel solid where i am because i'm comfortable enough to look at my husband in the face and say no and just because he's my husband doesn't mean i always have to say yes and that's the beautiful thing about consent <laughs> yeah that's absolutely true and i think we'll circle back around to that in a little bit you had mentioned some previous relationships that weren't uh, as great as, as your, your husband. Would you like to talk about any of those situations? Sure. And I think that it's important because I can sit here all day and say how wonderful, you know, my husband is and how we have this great line of communication. But again, I've seen, I've, been, I've experienced both ends of that spectrum. So, I was sexually active at quite a young age, probably about 14 or 15 is when I became sexually active. And I was also, uh, I was just one of those kids that didn't have the best home life. And, you know, my father wasn't there consistently and I was seeking attention and I was seeking emotional connections elsewhere. But what I didn't realize was that I was too young to consent to anything of that nature. Um, and this may be different for other people. Uh, your age doesn't necessarily define what you can say yes and no to, so I don't want it to be taken in that context. But for me, I didn't really understand the emotional and the physical connections that come with sex. And now that I'm an adult and I look back on those things and I go to my therapy sessions and talk about previous traumas, you know, I realized that all those times that I didn't say yes, 
or that I didn't say no, that's not necessarily consent. I was listening to another podcast of yours, and I believe it was Robert, and he said something really profound, and I'll paraphrase, that if you can't say no, if you're not able to say no, then you're not really able to say yes, or something to that effect. I don't remember. I don't know if you recall that. But I found myself really resonating with that, um, because I wasn't always in a position to say no, but I wasn't always in a position to say yes at that time either. So I was in a lot of situations where I was taken advantage of my need for attention or to feel that closeness with somebody was preyed upon. And I really think that it's important because I felt scared sometimes to use my voice. And I think that that's a really big thing that everybody could focus more on in their lives is using their voice to stand up for themselves and really express how they're feeling in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And we appreciate you sharing that and and getting into that. And it sounds like you're describing, so definition of sexual assault is, is any unwanted physical touch. And that obviously runs the whole spectrum of what that could be. But under that umbrella definition, do you feel like in your past relationships there were times where you were sexually assaulted? Absolutely. Unfortunately, my my biggest, the one situation and like the biggest memory that stands out to me is my 15th birthday. I was sexually assaulted on my 15th birthday um, by someone who was supposed to be a... Uh, what would you call it, by someone who was supposed to be trusted. Um, And that was something that in my head I was, you know, the whole time just thinking, this whole situation just seems off to me. I think I should get up and leave. Or I think maybe I should call someone, you know, or maybe I need to leave the room. I was thinking all of those things in my head, and I think a lot of people maybe do that as well, which is, why I want to mention that detail, Um, I thought about all of the things that I should do in that moment, that I wanted to do in that moment, but maybe it was like lack of bravery or lack of courage in that moment, or I was unsure of what was going on, so I didn't want to make a fuss, Um, and I, I think that's why I advocate especially for my children use your voice that inner that intuition it was speaking to me every time I was in a situation like that and I chose to ignore it because I wasn't sure and if you are not sure about something for me then that's a hard pass (laughs) and I've learned over time to be comfortable with my voice having experienced things like that on multiple occasions, experiencing sexual assault, experiencing rape. And now I found my, you know, it took a long time, but now I found my voice and I can share that voice in my current relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And sharing that voice now to help other people identify and find their own voice. And when in those early relationships, where did you learn or did you get any sort of sex education or sexual consent 
talks from either your parents or any respected adult? My mother and I have always been very close and candid with each other. I can call her and tell her about anything and everything. And I don't remember us ever having a sit-down conversation about sexual activity or what consent really means. I think there were minor things that were just kind of brought up in passing, and maybe we exchanged a few words about it in that moment. But I don't remember there being a big sit-down conversation where somebody said, these are your rights as a human being and as a person who's sexually active. These are your rights, and these are things that you are, you know, you have every right to say no, you have every right to say yes, that was not a conversation that definitively took place for me. I think a lot of where my information started coming from was hearing other people say, oh, this person did something that I didn't like. And I would say, well, why didn't you say no? And we would have this conversation. And then I started finding myself in situations where I would want to say no, or I would want to say not right now, or maybe I said yes at first, but now I've changed my mind. And I would start to realize, oh, this is what they were talking about. I can say no at any time. You know, I've had this conversation with my friends, or, you know, I've seen it on TV, or I've heard grown-ups talking, things like that. So it was more so like education and passing, and I wish now that somebody would have had those conversations with me or that I would have been able to find, easily find the information should I have gotten curious because I think being educated would have given me more uh, bravery or more courage or more security in knowing that I could have said those things that I was thinking out loud at any time. Yep. Yep. And that kind of answers a question that we usually ask, but maybe you'll rephrase some of it. With your own children, what lessons are you really trying to impart to them, maybe as they get older and, and start to become sexually active? What are you going to be sure to teach them? So, I mean, even now at two and seven, my husband and I are really big on, you know, bodily autonomy. Um, even with my toddler, would you like to get dressed? You know, let's, can, can I help you put this shirt on? And sometimes she says no. And when she says no, I say, okay, I'm going to give you this shirt and you try it. And she's gotten to the point now where if she needs the help, she will ask. So I never assume that my kids need me to do things for them within reason. And I always give them the opportunity to tell me no and to stand up for themselves. Most parents, you know, they say, oh, gosh, children saying no all the time. <laughs> but I I like when they tell me no because it is showing me that they are becoming confident in their feelings and in their opinions. Um, and I was, again, listening to another one of your podcasts, and a, a mother was on there, and I share the same lessons with my children. If somebody asks you to stop doing something, you stop. And it doesn't, they don't just have to say stop. They could say, I don't like that. And that means stop. Um, 
getting used to different ways of describing dissatisfaction with something. Because just because somebody doesn't flat out say no, doesn't mean that they're not saying no in other ways. So we try to learn those lessons through play and through conversation. And I hope that when my kids are old enough to become sexually active, that that's a conversation that they will be comfortable enough to have with me. Uh, and I would probably just intend on having it with them anyway at a certain age, but I definitely want it to be when they're ready to speak to me. And so those are just kind of things that I would plan to do and some things that we do now, even with, um, you know, how young they are. It's just those little things that we can do to kind of start implanting those little seeds in their brains that they do have a voice and that, you know, my husband and I hear them. We're very much a, I guess you would consider it gentle parenting conversations all the time type of a parenting style and and already you're able to have conversations with them about their their body autonomy like you said and really expecting people to ask before they they are touched in any any capacity i think that's huge and you can start having those conversations like you said even at two years old those conversations in that capacity can really get started yeah. Absolutely. And there's so much opportunity for them to happen. And I think as a parent, that's part of my job as a mother to listen and to ask questions. You know, I, I can't make them fully functioning. <laughs> you know, it's a big learning process. You know, their whole lives, you know, our, our parents are there to teach us things. And so for me, I take my experiences and I think about what would I, what do I wish somebody would have said to me? Or how do I wish this situation would have been handled? Um, because I have a son and a daughter. So I have a lot of lessons and a, and a lot of things to instill in my children. So I, I definitely think that anybody should be getting a head start on that. Yeah. And I think you, you provide a really clear example of some ways you can do that. Absolutely. And I know one question we ask everyone is to provide your own definition for what sexual consent is. I think there are so many ways to describe it, and it is very personal. For me, is my... Is my body, are my body and my mind in sync? Because just because you're having a physical response does not mean that you are saying yes. So I really, even when I'm with my husband, you know, I think, do my body and my mind want the same thing right now? And unless those two things are on the same page, then I... I'm not giving my consent fully. And I think in any type of relationship, you need to be able to fully consent to whatever type of sexual activity or intimate activity it is that you're doing. So for me, it's are my body and my mind on the same page. And if they are, then I'm fine. And if they're not, then maybe I need to be taking a step back and really thinking about what is it about this situation that's not quite right for me? 
am I in the right place to be with my husband in this way? So I think that that's a very important thing to think about. Yeah. So it's when your body and your mind are in unison and, and thinking the same way. And a follow-up question to that, in your relationship with your husband, is sexual consent a verbal thing? For us, sometimes it is a verbal situation. Um, and I think mostly in the sense that we have a very busy life. <laughs> So sometimes it's like, oh, is Wednesday good for you? And, we, you know, and well, uh, sometimes it has it has to be one of those things that is planned out. Other times when one of us may be feeling more spontaneous, I think we're so in tune with each other that he knows what I'm comfortable with um, because we've had conversations. So he knows what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not comfortable with. So if he were to you know, just like creep up behind me and surprise me in any way with a hug or a kiss or anything like that. He knows where my boundary is. And that's one thing that I would, that, you know, that could be like my biggest tip for anybody in a relationship or thinking of getting into a relationship is set boundaries. It's okay to have them because he knows if, if he, if I don't know that something is going on ahead of time, he knows what boundaries not to cross so that we don't cross any serious lines with each other, if that makes sense. Oh, ab absolutely. And setting those boundaries early and clearly, and it's okay to constantly refine them and constantly be able to say no. If even though you'd set up, like you said, maybe you planned on Wednesday that that would be your day. But on Wednesday, something comes up, it, sexual consent can always be pulled off the table. It, it, it's always reversible. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why creating boundaries and things like that is so important. Because, like, let's say if on that day, the other person tries to initiate something and we're not doing it verbally, we know that what we're doing, how we're initiating that act is not crossing any boundaries that have been previously set so that we're not being disrespectful to the other person. So that was something that was like really big for us was that no matter what, we know where the boundaries are. And if I don't verbally initiate any type of intimate act or sexual activity with you, if I just physically go for it, I know that I'm not going to be crossing any lines that will negatively impact the other person. And again, we've reached this point where we're able to be, you know, fun and lighthearted about saying no or not right now, or I've changed my mind or you killed the mood, you know, things like that. And it's, I feel really grateful that I'm in a place where that's what our relationship dynamic looks like. And I think it's absolutely possible for anybody to have that type of dynamic. So I'm glad that you're asking those questions um, because I think that it's something, it's nice to hear that it's possible if people aren't feeling it currently. Yeah, I, I appreciate that you have agreed to do this because I, in a lot of ways, I think you represent a, a very strong success story of what can be possible and that it does exist and like you said it's not not all roses and rainbows you have your your off times but 
it sounds like the communication and the boundaries set up nice expectations and, and um, a way forward for you and your husband. What? Yes, it's taken, you got to put work into it. You know, it, there have definitely been bumps in the road and there have definitely been times where both of us have felt, you know, like maybe our boundaries had been crossed, but that's been the beauty of our relationship. And, you know, to be honest, I've, my entire adult life I've spent pretty much being his wife. And so I've grown with him and we've grown with each other. And so I'm sure that that has something to do with it, but just really taking those moments seriously when we've crossed a boundary, it's a scary thing to know that you've crossed a boundary with someone like that, but you have to have that open communication so that you can deal with those situations effectively um, and get to a good place so it's definitely not without trial and error yeah yeah and the the courage and and the enthusiasm to just keep moving forward and, and working things out so i think i think your story is is very much appreciated and before we start to close out is there anything else that you're thinking about or that you'd want to share that would be beneficial for any listener I think my biggest um, feeling or my, my best advice that I could possibly give is practice using your voice. You know, stand in front of the mirror and just say no. Just say no out loud in front of your mirror or say, I changed my mind or this doesn't satisfy me. Things like that. Think of affirmations that or phrases that maybe some some of the people listening have thought in their heads, but maybe not felt comfortable enough to say out loud, look at yourself in the mirror and say them over and over and over again and practice using your voice. And you can do that at home. You can do that at work. Um, you can do that in your friendships and in your family, using your voice and getting comfortable if it's something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Because once I learned how to do that, my whole sexual experience changed. And there are a lot of other aspects in my life that changed as well when I figured out that I could say what was on my mind and be confident and firm in that. So if, if I had to have a takeaway, that would definitely have to be my number one. As an excellent takeaway to, to practice in the mirror, saying no and, and setting boundaries, even with yourself in the mirror first, just so you already have the muscle memory of your, your mouth saying no and, and what that feels like when it comes out. So it's excellent advice. And usually, uh, and did you want to add anything else to that? Um, I, I would just highly, highly encourage it. I think you can even set boundaries with yourself as a, as an individual and not just, you know, pretend like you're speaking to somebody else while looking at yourself in the mirror. You know, you could say, I am worthy of love that I am consenting to, or I am going to love myself today, or I love myself enough to speak my mind, you know, things like that. Um, I think that's just the biggest thing. So I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share that because it really has been very transformative for me. 
Yeah, and and you can hear the the transformation even even in your voice there. And uh, what what we do say is, if anyone has questions or or comments to your episode and anything you've said here, we ask them to email us at at ask every time. Um, we do have our email address on the website. And we will filter those questions and comments over to you so that you can address them and answer them. But this way you keep your anonymity, too. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And we, we, we hope for a, a lot of engagement as we get more and more listeners. And all, all of the episodes should spark different questions in, in different people's minds. We want to be able to have that conversation with people. So... Um, thank you again for your time Wednesday, and I hope you have a good rest of your night. Thank you so much, you as well. And that marks the end of today's interview. If you have any questions, comments, or things you'd like to add, please email us at askeverytimellc at gmail.com. If you'd like to know more about Ask Every Time, our mission, or resources, visit askeverytime.com. We're also on Facebook at Ask Every Time. Thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week.